get an extra clap for Hoot Lee because he's the AMI VIP of the year, dude. That's an award that Ryan made up for people who sell a lot of tickets, basically. And we, I gotta say, like, I was, I'm just gonna come right out of the gates with this. Like, we were super impressed for your debut, the amount of tickets you sold, and you, the Cahill brothers, that whole Somerset, it, Gavin, obviously. That whole gang down there, you guys do a really good job of selling tickets, and it seems like you guys understand why that's important for regional MMA. How was that experience for you coming out of the gates? Uh, it was great. I mean, it was. I was a little nervous because there was a bunch of people there. I didn't expect that many people to come, mm-hmm. and then just pe- more people wanted wanted tickets. More people wanted tickets, but it was a good experience because now, because there's gonna be more people coming this time, so now I, I'll be used to it, so it won't be that big of a deal. Did you notice it when you were fighting? Because I'll say from our perspective, that was a great show all the way around for sure. The crowd was great. But when you fought Dan Walters, the crowd went from like here to here. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the show, it stayed up there. Like you guys genuinely set the tone for the rest of the evening. Did you notice while you were fighting? Like, dude, it's crazy in here. Uh, it wasn't bad during my walkout. And then I got in the cage and I saw my dad freaking out. <laughs> He's like going like this, <laughs> saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I had to look away from him because I, I started getting like all amped up. And then when they announced my name and I was just looking at Dan across the cage and I just saw everybody freaking out and I heard it. And I was like, oh, man, it's time to like time to go. Dude, you guys had I said it on previous podcasts. I don't know how many you watch or listen to whatever. No offense if you haven't seen it, but <laughs> I voted for you guys as fighting yeah, here, actually. That. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I mean, genuinely, dude, that was such a good fight. And like two amateurs like you guys, Dan's a total stud. Like I love Dan, too. It takes two to tango. Yeah, right? Like tough. you can't have a good fight without two guys ready to fight. You looked freaking awesome in your debut. What was your experience overall like just jumping into MMA? I know you wrestled in the past, obviously, but how was that experience actually getting in the cage and, and fighting and not only fighting, but then putting on a fight of the night worthy performance, fight of the year worthy performance like you did? Um, I'm not sure. It felt like something I was ready for uh, training. I trained a lot with the Cahills and at Indio, and it's just something I've always had in my mind that I'm going to be ready for it. But the crowd got me a little anxious, obviously. But uh, I'm not I'm not sure it was. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> There were some really fun back and forth in that fight, I'll say, yeah. where like Dan definitely caught you a few times. You mm-hmm. obviously stung Dan really badly a few times, and your wrestling was on full display. Do you remember? I always hear fighters say, I'll put it this way. I always hear fighters say when a round is over, they really don't know who won that round because you're just so in the moment that mm-hmm. like you're not scoring the fight as you're going. Yeah. Did you feel like you were winning the that fight? The first round, I definitely wasn't sure who won it. The second round, I. 100% felt went my way, and then the third round was close, but I still fought after. And then Danilo was like, you won. You're good. And I was like, okay. Nice. Yeah. Dan- Trusting Danilo seems to be a good mm-hmm. barom- barometer yeah. for sure for you guys. What's he done for your game, man? I, we, we say it all the time on the podcast. Having somebody like Danilo right here in Pittsburgh is a freaking blessing for all of us. Yeah, he helped my jiu-jitsu a lot. He helped my mental game a lot. He uh, helps me... Like, I think about mixing things up all the time. I'm not a super conventional fighter. And uh, he just helps me get prepared for everything, pretty much. Nice. That's the thing I think that stood out about you to me the most. And this goes even... You guys, Indio, had a couple posts before the fights of you guys just getting ready mm-hmm. in the gym, warming up. And I know Danny Palm, we both talked about it. We were like, dude, who Lee, like, his hands look good. Like, you look good on the mitts. You didn't look like a pure wrestler that never yeah. struck before. 
So what was the process for you getting into MMA, getting into striking? It does. It looks to me like something that you're pretty natural at. Was mm-hmm. that the case, or have you logged crazy long hours to get there? No, it's it was pretty. It came to me pretty naturally. I boxed at a boxing gym for like three months, a year before I started training. But how I got into mixed martial arts was uh, me and my cousin Austin were training for a uh, freestyle U23 tournament. I, I didn't compete since high school, and I was going. I was just going crazy. I wanted to compete again, and uh, he's the one who got me wanting to compete again. So we were training at the shop, and we were wrestling around. And Taylor's like, "Dude, there's a naga in two days. Why don't you just go do the naga?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." Well, then I end up doing it, and I won. And then I was thinking to myself, "If I'm gonna do jujitsu, I'm gonna do everything." Yeah. And yeah. I love striking, and it's fun. I, me and Tay, or we'll we'll stay in the shop and we'll hit pads for hours, or we'll try to do this or that, see which, see what works this way, how to do this. I start trying to switch stances and stuff like that. It's just I love it. What is your background with them? Because I know you guys are all from Somerset, but I don't know exactly the history. You're you're a little younger than the Cahill yeah. brothers, right? So yeah. what is your history with them exactly? Uh, well, Austin was on their team whenever they were seniors, or when T- Taylor was a senior. I was a freshman whenever Taylor's younger brother, brother Toby, was a senior. Mm. So I knew Toby a little bit, and then we just always were wrestling around together and mm-hmm. or training together, stuff like that nice we know those somerset boys dude you guys can all wrestle you guys Mm -hmm. can all fight it's awesome having you on the cards but where is your mind right now in terms of your future career do you see mma you want to go pro mma be make a run at the ufc is that where you're at right now yeah so i'm not thinking about that far ahead right now i'm just thinking about one fight at a time and then whatever danilo thinks is next for me is is what i'll do did you link up with Danilo because the Cahill brothers mm-hmm. were already with him? Yeah. Okay. They were like, dude, you got to come to Indio. And I'm like, oh, man, that's far. And then I did it. And then I like Danilo. We get along really well. I like his coaching style. Mm-hmm. I like his mentality. And I think we all just click really well. Yeah, that's one thing we talked about, you know, in even arranging this podcast. We were just talking about it before we started recording that it was like kind of hard to get you in here because... Yeah, you train at Indio, which is literally right mm-hmm. down the road, but you're not from Pittsburgh. Yeah. You don't live in Bridgeville, obviously. So that signals to me like this is a guy who's taking it seriously. Yeah. You're coming, you're driving a long way. There's a lot of dudes who would say, I don't want it that bad. I'm yeah. not coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you made it that you know this is something that you actually want to pursue? Uh, I think, uh, I, well, we train with good guys. And then once I start getting better training with the guys or because they'll be beating me up when I first started coming <laughs> and then it'll, the rounds will get closer or I might catch them here. And then after practice, Danilo will be like, you're looking good. And I'll be like, all right, cool, I can do this. I might come back next time. And then it just keeps going on and on and on. You guys got a room full of killers there, Mm -hmm. man. We talked about, obviously, the Cahill brothers a lot. But also on this card coming up, Evan DeRucci. Is that how you say his last name? I believe so, yeah. Evan's tough. We've never heard somebody, we've never heard him, I guess, say his last name. So we've just kind of been guessing this Mm -hmm. whole time. Ken Burrs, obviously, a total Animal. stud as well. Animal. What's it like just being with those guys on a daily basis? Well, Burrs, it sucks whenever you have to <laughs> wrestle with him because he beats you up. And then Evan, he's a really good striker, his, and you can't sit still in front of Evan or else he's going to punch your head off. Yeah, dude. And then Burrs, you really have to be moving or else he's going to grab you and throw you down. And his, he's mean on bottom. His power is wild, yeah, man. We, we saw scary. that in his debut for sure. His wrestling was incredible. And on the flip side, I think Evan debuted – did he debut at 12 or 14? 12, I think, right? Yeah, it was 12, I 12, believe. Yeah. Evan definitely impressed us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was totally a fight of the night worthy mm-hmm. performance, too, man. His hands look good. The dude he's fighting is really good. Mm-hmm. Sam Wabi was really good. 
So kudos to him for even yeah. stepping up and taking that challenge, but then winning and winning the way he did. Very impressive. So does it motivate you just being around those yeah, guys definitely. knowing you guys are all working towards the same thing? Definitely. We all work really, really hard. I Like if I do bands, if I, cause I'll go to jujitsu in the morning and then Evan will be at MMA after that. And then if I have to do bands in the morning and do them after practice, he'll end up doing two sets of bands to do it. And then burrs you never see that you will be doing something that sucks and he doesn't even make a face he just wow. he's so tough oh dude he's he's different like mm-hmm. we had him on the podcast as well and he just he impresses me so much with yeah. his mental game his yeah. his military background obviously a lot he touched on a little bit a lot of his life and just his life experiences and mm-hmm. things like that that dude's like you're not gonna break that guy no. <laughs> you always talk nope. about like oh I mentally broke you like you're not mentally breaking Ken no Burr's. way no What's that do for you when you're around somebody like that and you're fighting? Do you do you consciously yeah, think you about feed that? Off yeah, you off that, and then it just you know you just won't break either because you're just surrounded by tough dudes, mm-hmm. and then you want to be a tough dude too. So, you know, for sure. And I imagine you guys drive in together. Do you ride in usually to practice with guys? With, yeah, with the Cahills. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. We'll take turns driving. What are those car rides home like? Um, well, if Tanner's there, it's usually like talking about how the pyramids are made or something or like how the Russians are going to be taken over. That's awesome. And Taylor's talking about ankle picks or (laughs) duck unders or something. So wait, Tanner, the next time he fights, it should be Tanner conspiracy theory Cahill. Yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Tanner likes conspiracy theories and stuff like that. That's beautiful. But I do love what you guys got going on at Indio. Obviously like you're all, very young in your careers Mm -hmm. but there's no doubt when you watch you guys fight there's a level of polish and there's a level of kind of next level readiness from you guys for sure and i assume a lot of that is to do with danilo and his preparation Mm -hmm. that said how hard was it when you first got there was it tough to acclimate to how danilo did things and what he expected from you guys um well for jujitsu i had to tone it back a little bit because that whole wrestling style and you bring the pace and you're just going 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 and he's just like, slow down. And I was also getting caught in submissions by white belts. And mm-hmm. I thought my wrestling was just going to beat everybody. Sure. But it, that's just not how it works. So I had to learn the hard way that you need to take your time, set traps, stuff like that. And then MMA, I was getting beat up on the feet. And I had to get, then I had to bring my wrestling into it more, bring up the intensity. Right. You know, I think I saw an article. Um, you wrestled at a very lightweight, I want to say 103, <laughs> 106. Yeah. 106. As a freshman. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's crazy to me, mm-hmm. man, because now I know we'll, we'll get into this too, but you made your debut at 170. Was there a crazy growth spurt in your life? Like what happened there? Well, I wrestled 106 as a freshman and then I, uh, actually I broke my leg. I broke my femur and then I started growing right after I got healed up, which is weird. That's nuts. They yeah. pump you full of steroids I, in the hospital. Or <laughs> I what? don't know what they did. <laughs> Got you on that <laughs> yeah. horse meat diet. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Obviously, you look great at 170, but we'll get into this now, I guess. Your matchup, you were originally scheduled for a 170 fight mm-hmm. against a guy who their coach pulled him from the card, and then we had to scramble. And as you saw and remember, yeah. it took a while to find you a replacement. Eventually, we talked to you, and we, you, we were like, can you do anything other than 170? Either 185 or, or lighter, like yeah. whatever it is, having more options is better. We eventually got a guy, and shout out Hunter Niswender, by the way. He's been awesome to work with, dude. Your new opponent, rock solid. Like He's done all of his paperwork. He's been very responsive. He's he's going to be a good fight for sure. So shout out to him for taking that, stepping up. But 
were you worried about the weight cut? Because now being a 160 catch weight, you can weigh 161, obviously. Yeah. But that's different than 170 for yeah. sure. Uh, not really. I'm not a big 170 pounder. And then uh, after after this fight and going forward, I'm probably going to fight at 55. And that's where I'm putting my mind mentally. So I'm, I'm probably going to walk around like 175 after this at the highest. So I'm not going to be wow. super heavy. Nice. You know what I mean? Danilo's always telling me to quit eating all the time, <laughs> calling me fat and stuff. So <laughs> I got to watch what I eat. Got the, I love, uh, I hope you guys could hear that on the mic. The Danny Palm laugh. Danny started dying when he's, when you said that that's beautiful. So Danilo's just walking around, like making fun of you for being fat. I go into the dojo and the first thing he does is tosses a scale at me. Like, get on. <laughs> This is beautiful. And then I'll get on. It'll just look at me like this. <laughs> Where are you at like today? You look. I'm 171. Oh, I was today. gonna say. Yeah. Okay, so you're I'm, right I'm on. Right, yeah. ready to go. You're on the money. So for for people watching, this is not airing live. So it is April 4th, 5th. What day is it today? It's the 5th. It's the 5th. Yeah, April 5th. So you got 10 days out. You're 10 pounds away. That's perfect. Yeah. You got that easy money. How much? How much did you cut when you were wrestling? Are you used to cutting weight? Um, as, as a like 10th and 11th grade, I had a hard time because I wasn't as disciplined. My senior year, I didn't cut much weight at all. Mm-hmm. So it not really, not like a big deal for me cutting weight in high school. Yeah. For you, wrestling. You talked about breaking your femur, which is wild, first of all. I think I've, I, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I've heard that's like the toughest bone in your body, mm-hmm. the hardest bone to break. What was that experience like, man? Sucked. How did it happen, first I of all? I was riding a dirt bike around, and then I hit a jump, and then I went over the handlebars, and the bike landed on me. Bunch of stuff happened. Ugh. Did you only break your femur? Was there more damage? I broke my femur and my collarbone, and then they were something with my head, like maybe like a tiny like chip or something. It, my head was fine, but just my collarbone and my femur. Just a small chip out of my <laughs> head. No big something. Deal. I don't know. <laughs> no big deal. That's our Somerset boys. They're, yeah, bi- they're we're built tough. different. <laughs> what was the recovery like for you? Um. Well, this is a funny story. So the next day, they, they they gave me surgery. Then the next day, they're like, all right, we're going to walk. And they're like, put only 15 pounds of pressure on your leg. Well, I didn't know any better. Yeah, so what does I, that mean? I stepped on it, and I completely passed out. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then they're like, well, we're going to take it easy. Oh, my goodness. And then I was bleeding a good bit. I don't know if it was in the leg or from the leg. I don't know. I was bleeding a lot everywhere. And then I flew to Pittsburgh. They like flied me back over to Pittsburgh. And then they got me fixed up in like a week. What was the life like? I don't, again, I'm not a doctor, but why, this is me just sounding super naive. What was so serious about it that it needed to be life? Was there a major, did you have like internal bleeding or something? What was the uh, deal there? No, but I mean, I, like, so I hit the ground and like I hit the ground so hard my shoes flew off. Like I was <laughs> like, a, like a video game. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And uh, my leg was like kind of sideways. And then oh. we we're like, I don't know. They somehow they, decided when i needed a life flight which i'm glad so i didn't have to ride in a bumpy ambulance because oh, that for sucked. sure for sure and then they're like they were going to administer me uh fentanyl or something but i didn't know any better because uh, i was i was like no i'm not doing that try right. to be a tough guy right and then they picked my leg up and you could see the bone kind of pressing against the skin and oh, i was like d- give it to <laughs> me give it to give me, it me to right me. now yeah. yeah oh dude was, that's so brutal it hurt how old were you then i was 16 Wow, so you were still yeah. in high school when yeah. this happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So did you miss wrestling your senior mm-hmm. year? No, I broke it in July. How's that possible? <laughs> uh, it was tough. My junior, my sophomore and junior year, it hurt pretty oh. much the whole time. But then my Dude. senior year, it started getting, it was completely fine. 
That's and it doesn't bother me now. That's nuts. So you would never even know now. Nope. I feel like a million bucks. That's amazing, man. What a crazy recovery. So mm-hmm. now you got me wondering, like with the growth spurt plus the yeah. fact that you don't feel pain, I feel like they gave you some like incredible <laughs> yeah. Hulk meds. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Good for you, man. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the growth? Like when it was happening, were you like, what? what? Like, yeah, I'm it was weird. Well, now. I was just like, I got really long and skinny. <laughs> I looked like ugly, like a like a baby deer or something just walking around. Nice. I looked ridiculous. Nice. Well, some people, I'm sure the Cahills are watching and think, well, that hasn't changed. You yeah. still, <laughs> still yeah. look ugly, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy. But obviously, you know, it's worked out to your mm. advantage for sure. Yeah. I mean, this is great for your fighting weight. This is cool, man, by the way, to hear that you're like thinking of going to 155. Mm-hmm. Because I think seeing your build, you look great at 170. Honestly, I could see you as a 170. But I think at 155, and especially seeing you now, knowing that yeah. you're like 170 today, like 155 definitely yeah. makes sense if you're thinking of going pro. So mm. how much does Danilo make you guys think of that? Think of your pro weight, so to speak, because it really is different. Um, Well, when I first started going there, I was like kind of chubby. I was like, what, 90 something? And I got on the scale and he's looking at me. He's like, well, where do you want to fight at? I said, I don't know, 170. He's like, you're kind of short. And, mm-hmm. I was like, and then I took it upon myself to start losing the weight, stuff like that, taking it more serious. And I've, I'm the one that wants to go to 55. Nice. What was that process? Just watching what you're eating and being smart. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of extra workouts, sure. and then watching what I eat, which is hard. I love candy. I love Oreos, Pop Tarts, all that good stuff. Nice McDonald's, uh, Pens Pack. All right, dude. We don't do this for everybody, but now I have to. Danny Palm is a huge candy guy, mm, so I need candy. to hear. I need to hear Hoot Lee's top three candies right now. Ooh, I like the. Uh, the um air are they airheads they're like the sour strip thingies okay those are fantastic i like m&ms and then my favorite candy bar is probably just a hershey bar in the refrigerator in the refrigerator that's a pro move right Mm -hmm. there cool candy that's pro yeah that is that's how you know somebody right off the bat knows what they're talking about but i need to dig a step further m&ms just plain m&ms i like the ones with the pretzels in them pretzel danny Danny paul is that is that the best m&m danny paul I'm not a huge Eminem guy. Okay, so interesting. I I like them, but like I wouldn't go. I wouldn't like go and be like, oh, like I'm gonna go get a bag, bag of, of like pretzel M and M's. Give mm. Give Hoot your top three candies. Skittles. Oh, he 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 groaned at that, dude. Gummy clusters. Never had that. Gummy sour life slavers. Dude, what's a gummy cluster? Dude, they're the nerds gummy clusters. They're like oh, they're nerd. like balled together. It's, okay, dude, nerds gummy clusters. They're unbelievable. You Never got, had them. It sounds like you guys have slightly different tastes for sure. Yeah. What is like when you go out for Halloween candy? What mm. are your top three common Halloween candies? Don't pick something. Don't pick gummy clusters, bro. We, we it's like that. if I was to go <laughs> trick or treating, yeah, in Rockwood, right. what somebody would give me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a handful of twenty-two shells, <laughs> uh, a pocket knife. Hell yeah. <laughs> and a popcorn ball. <laughs> they definitely give out gummy clusters on Halloween. Around here, dude, you're from <laughs> Upper St. Clair. They do things differently in Upper St. Clair. I'm just saying, Halloween here is not like Halloween for most of us. They've got like the you know like the small bags for <laughs> small bags, a popcorn ball, a handful of 22 shells, and a pocket <laughs> knife. That's beautiful. Are you a big outdoors guy? Yeah. Okay. My whole family is nice. Yeah. What's like? What's your favorite hunt you've ever been on? Mm, 
just any any rifle season with my dad and my uncle Ben because Beautiful. it's so funny all Beautiful. the time. We're always yeah. laughing. That's it's always awesome. a good time. Like this is a funny story. One time we we just like uh, we're getting ready to eat something, and I saw my uncle Ben shaking M and M's in his hand, <laughs> peanut M and M's, and uh, I'm looking at him. He's shaking, and he just throws them all in his mouth, and he shoots this doe <laughs> and smokes her. Like she drops down, and then he's just like, "Go get it, go get it." <laughs> Is he still chewing the M&M's? Yeah, and then I lost his knife. He wasn't very happy. He found it, but I lost his knife. Well, did you give it back to him on trick-or-treat night? (laughs) I think he... Well, I think he had to go find it. (laughs) Beautiful. Dude, I'm just imagining just hunting. Were you even in a tree stand, or was it just like at the base of a tree? We were walking into where our cabin is and in the field, and we're (laughs) we're away from houses and everything, so people don't think that we're just a bunch of lunatics. And... He just saw it, and we still had all of our orange on, obviously. We're not breaking any laws. We're For sure. abiding by the law, and he just... <laughs> just <laughs> like, it, like it was nothing. Give me some M&Ms and let me smoke this thing. Yeah. Dude, I'll say one thing that's very interesting, and for sure, I'm not qualified to start a politics podcast by any means. I'm not really going to get into this too much, but I grew up in a family that hunts a lot as mm-hmm. well. I'm very comfortable around guns, been around yeah. guns my whole life. There's something to be said for people who actually hunt mm-hmm. versus people who have never touched a gun trying yeah. to talk about mm-hmm. gun safety and things like that. Right. Like like me and you, I'm sure, we're around guns. We're not afraid of them. We're not terrified yeah. of guns. Right. And honestly, we know how to handle them better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely something to be said about that upbringing of like, yeah. you don't need to be terrified of this thing no. if you only understood it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So you guys, your whole life, I assume every hunting season was like yeah. a religion for you. Oh, it's so fun. And then uh, we, me and my cousin and my buddies will go coon hunt and stuff like that. And we can tan their hides. So oh, just dude, gives that's us something cool. to do. Yeah. Or uh, my my pap, he's really big into beaver trapping. He's really good. We catches, right he catches coyotes and everything. He's a good trapper. That's really cool. But man. I like to go beaver trapping with him. Nice. What's the tanning process like? I have no idea what that even entails. So, no pun intended. <laughs> so you... Uh, you can buy this tanning solution online, and then, so I'll fletch it out, throw some salt on it, take the salt off, maybe salt it again, throw, and then I'll wash it, and then I'll, uh, once it dries, I throw that tanning solution on, and then just let it, let it cure. Nice, dude. Yeah. Are you into archery as well? Uh, well, I have a crossbow, which a lot of people aren't going to like that. I mean, I had a Is there a bow. womp, 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 <laughs> yeah. womp, but I think there is. I can shoot a recurve, though, which is okay. pretty cool. That does redeem yeah. a little yeah. bit, for sure. But my dad has comp, like, the rest of them. Are good for sure. Bow. Yeah. Dude, my dad got into bow hunting, I don't even know, at least a decade ago. It wasn't, like, something he grew up doing by any means. Definitely mm-hmm. found it, like, later in life, but... He got me into it as well, and I totally agree. It's what everybody says, but yeah. like bow hunting is just way better. Mm-hmm. The intensity is insane yeah. on that. Yeah, it's Spring, not as cold. Yeah, exactly right. for sure. Spring gobbler, like turkey hunting, is my favorite for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I'm not a massive hunter by any means, not like the rest of my family, or probably even like you. But turkey for me. Yeah, turkey's turkey hunting's fun. Yeah. Did you ever hunt pheasant or any any yeah. birds like that? Yeah, I've hunt pheasant before. I almost shot my buddy Ross's dog. Ross, if you're listening, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She was running. That's terrifying. Yeah, I don't even know how it happened, but <laughs> oh, no. a rooster just came right up, and I he shot like three before me. Which wow! I, and I think he was done. I think three is the bag limit. I'm not sure, but uh, as soon as I saw one, I was ready to go, and yeah, I got yeah. it. And he's like, "Don't shoot my dog!" And I was like, "I'm not." I didn't actually. Yeah. It was close. I'll give yeah. you that, but I didn't shoot your dog. 
I think speaking of dogs, dude, you sent me a great video the other yeah. day of you getting attacked by a German yeah. Shepherd. That was awesome. Yeah, that's my aunt's dog. My aunt, she uh, breeds uh, German Shepherds and uh, French Bulldogs. Sick. So. Was the bull the bulldog was one of hers too? That no, that sent? was my mom's. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just got a regular old bulldog factory <laughs> yeah. over there. Shout out. If you if anybody needs a bulldog, hit up Hootley. Absolutely. He sent me one and it is beautiful, but mm -hmm. I could not need a puppy less <laughs> yeah. at this stage of my life. I'm not built for another puppy right now. Babs keeps me very, very busy as it is. But what was because I always think of this, because Babs is like a 55 to 60 pound german shepherd she's tiny mm -hmm. like i think she's the runt of the litter honestly she's very tiny but she's super cute and funny and stuff but like there's been times where i've been playing with her and i've felt her power and yeah. aggression where she's not being mean or anything but mm -hmm. just i noticed i was like yeah Damn, like if scary. you wanted to hurt me you right. totally could and the one that you sent me looked definitely like an 80 or 90 pounder yeah. if not even bigger than that so what did that actually feel like, like when it latched onto your arm? Uh, well, at first I was terrified. So yeah. my Uncle Adam had to do it for me. At first, he had to get bit first. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll do it. I'm good, yeah. Yeah, so I just put the sleeve on. And you don't feel it really at all. Mm -hmm. They just run into you and then you bite and then they, they'll bite you. And then you kind of swing them around a little bit. That's so crazy. So what is that in terms of training? Like, what are they teaching them to do exactly? Um... I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. It seems crazy to bite me. people. Yeah, <laughs> bite them. I think that's there's there's a hilarious like I love when we get the mail. Babs goes nuts over the mailman yeah. for sure. And the mailman, there's been times where like the Amazon driver will come up and like throw the package at mm -hmm. the door and run away. I'm just like, dude, literally, she would kiss you. If you <laughs> yeah. came in the house, she would literally kiss you. She's not going to attack you. But there is something with German shepherds. I get it. They're police yeah. dogs. They're kind of scary or whatever. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to get attacked by one. That would be cool to feel, though, I think, the yeah. sleeve, for sure. It's cool, like, when they're running at you and their ears go back, you're yeah. like, oh, shit, here they come. <laughs> dude, it'd be hard not to flinch, right? You yeah. took it well, I gotta say, in yeah. the video. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we'll overlay the video on this. I'll save it. <laughs> fight him a little bit, Clayton, fight him. Fight him, fight him. Drive him. <laughs> Put it on the podcast. What kind of what dogs do you have at home right now? Uh, I have uh, French bulldogs, and then my mom has English bulldogs. So. Right on. What What did you send me? I'm not that. That was an English bulldog. English bulldog. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. a real roly poly thing, looking dude. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's so cute. Honestly. Yeah, they're funny. How big do they get? Probably. Well, they can put weight on. Sure. But uh, probably like forty to fifty pounds. Oh wow! Yeah, they're short. bigger than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Danilo would be throwing a scale at them for sure. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Oh well." I, I'm, I'm good today, and he'll just go suspicious. <laughs> suspicious. Dude, he's great. He, he really is. Danilo's the best, man. I'm super happy he's in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I love him working with all you guys, man. I got to say, like, your transition, I know this wasn't easy whenever you have to switch opponents. That sucks. It sucks for us, too, finding a new opponent and stuff like that. But you guys took that fight pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I assume you feel like you're good going into this yeah. but in terms of the matchup obviously people want to know like what what do you think people can expect in this fight on april 15th um so people can expect my plan is i'm not worried about knock like spectacular knockout i'm just worried about controlling every position of the fight dominate every position of the fight whether it goes to decision or if it ends up on the ground i want to be in control the whole time if submissions there i'll take it but i'm not going to get over anxious and get out of position go for an arm bar or something he gets on top of me I just want on the feet. I want to control the pace. I want to control the timing where, where we're moving, control the footwork, everything.
I just want to be in complete control. Nice. And he's a he's a really good fighter, man. He's 2-0, I think, with a finish, I believe. So he's very confident coming mm-hmm. in, too. So I have no doubt you guys are going to put on another fight of the night, fight of the year worthy type fight. But one thing I wanted to come back to, and I actually didn't ask you about this on the night of the fight, but this was really interesting. After you fought Dan Walters, you came out and you were like, mad about your performance yeah well that was crazy to me because i was like this kid has to be on cloud nine right now after that he won like the crowd was going nuts but you were like nah i'm not happy yeah i didn't even really celebrate with my friends at all that night i was just kind of disappointed because i know how good i can be i know Mm -hmm. how good i am and i know i can be great and i just didn't show at that fight so this fight that's all i've been focused on is uh fighting to my potential which i think is pretty high well, what do you feel you left on the table in that fight? What do you think people didn't see? Because from my, I'll, I'll back it. I'll make it a little easier for you. From my perspective, yeah. like I said, it was like, dude, this kid's really good for a debut amateur. Definitely, like, I felt like you showed yeah. everything. Definitely my ground game because I had a, like, well, he rocked me and I took him down and I had him in like a headlock and he rolled me in the most peewee junior high <laughs> move ever. I do remember that. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, and then on the feet, I got to, like he hit me so i wanted to hit him back like right away mm-hmm. and i i missed him and actually fell over and had I to get i don't remember up. that That's yeah funny. i missed him and then almost felt why well, i almost fell. i went to a knee and then i also uh he took me down and it good great fighter dan's tough but i shouldn't have got taken down then yeah you know yeah and uh just my overall performance, I wasn't super impressed with myself because I know how good I can be. For sure. We hear it all the time with fighters where MMA wrestling is very different mm-hmm. than high school wrestling or amateur wrestling at, at any level. What do you notice are the major differences when you're and, and I'm talking even not even MMA training in practice, but in the cage with the adrenaline going with the crowd going? What do you feel kind of influences your wrestling instincts there? Um, just timing i'd say nice yeah, yeah knowing when when to take the shot stuff like that you can't rush a shot and then like especially with someone like walters like if i would have came in just trying to wrestle he would have punched my head off for sure his striking's pretty good he is dude he's really good mm-hmm. i think that, like i said obviously that was a great fight but he's one and one now has a fight fighting that night too mm-hmm. are you kind of excited to see him again you yeah, think? yeah yeah i think he'll do well he's fighting a tough guy from gorilla house for sure. i know uh the owner did, the owner or the coach at Gorilla House, Darren. For sure. He's a good coach. So Shout out Darren it, Cassidy. It'll be, a, it'll be a good fight. Yeah, dude. Gr- be ready. Gorilla House, we you know we can't say enough good things yeah. about those guys. They're the best. Ethan's obviously on the card mm-hmm. as well. Monte. They've got crazy stable of fighters there all the time. Yeah. So we're, we're stoked for that. I think it's cool, man, because I love when amateurs, especially like you guys, very respectful after the fight. Yeah. I think it's cool that you guys are back on the card together, obviously mm-hmm. not fighting each other, but... I'll be I'll be interested to see yeah. you guys engage and yeah. like just say what's up and everything, because yeah. Dan, I mean, you know, he's fighting a grill house guy, so I don't know. You might be rooting for Monte a little bit. But it's pretty, yeah. <laughs> that's that's I, a tough fight for you to yeah, watch. It's right? pretty neutral, it's completely sure. neutral. Sure, that, yeah. That's I a good see way Dan to put do it. Good. I want to see uh, Darren's guys do good for sure. Yeah. Let's hope for a split decision where both guys look great. <laughs> yeah. Completely draw. A complete draw. Heck yeah, dude. Well, we're crazy excited, man. As of this podcast, tickets are totally sold out, which mm-hmm. is nuts. So we will be collecting some tickets from fighters that aren't sold. And I mean, this is this is crazy, but this is like behind the scenes stuff. I've been talking I've been texting you a lot. You obviously yeah. know, like, dude, anything you're not selling, please give it back. Mm-hmm. We need it back. Been doing that with every fighter. And like you guys have pretty much sold <laughs> everything mm-hmm. you got. This, like when we say a, a show is sold out, this this show really is sold out. Like there's there's people I know Danny Palm. 
has friends that want to come. There's another guy, Josh, who helps us set up the cage. I saw somebody on Facebook asking him, like, bro, can yeah. you get me tickets? It's like they physically are not available. Yeah. So this show is going to be nuts, man. We're honored to have you a part of it and the Indio guys in general. Mm. So we'll see you April 15th, brother. Thanks Sounds for coming good. in, man. Thank you. For sure.